This is the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 34. I'm Jaden. I'm Matt. Oh, and I'm Luke. <laughs> <laughs> We're just a couple of every The world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets. We're also working, you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Welcome back to the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 34. Uh, we got Luke with us this week. Hello, hello. Hi, Luke. What's up, man? You're looking pretty cute. Well, you know, I'm trying. I'm a little <laughs> tired, but I'm glad to be here. Um, so, I didn't even think about this, but we're not really doing a whole intro episode for Luke. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I guess we could do it quick at the beginning of this one. Is there anything you would like to say, Luke, about yourself and your life that you want the people that listen to this to know? So Luke went to Evangel Heights with all the rest of us, and he's been friends with us forever. Um, so he grew up in school with us. All right, whatever you want to say. Tell us about your past, present, and future. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I've, I've known these guys for so many many years and just going to that small school that we went to um i look at everybody that is here and everybody that's not here you know as brothers and i just feel like that's a testament that a lot of people cannot say you know whenever i tell like my friends from college um about my friends from back home they're like wow they're more like family to you and i'm like of course yeah that's the way that i look at it as well but yeah um I guess I could give a little bit of a short testimony. Like, I grew up Christian my entire life. As my parents kind of started becoming Christians, I was born. So it was kind of like I was growing up learning, and they were also learning at the same time. But they were adults, and obviously I was a child. Um, I accepted Christ in my heart when I was six. And from there, you know, I started going to that small Christian school when I was seven. So I just kept on growing and growing and growing. Um... I even went to a small private uh, Christian college as well, so I was able to be involved in ministry and stuff, you know, basically all my life. Not saying that I'm a perfect person, because as everybody knows, I'm not. (laughs) Um, And you were a communications major, so sitting in front of a microphone is right up your alley. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just like, take me back to those early morning radio shifts I had with my, uh, my friend Boda, as you guys know. Other people might not know him. I used to hate Boda. Yeah, you used to hate Boda. Me and Boda were mortal enemies. Because you both liked the same girl. And he took her to prom. <laughs> yeah, that was just a weird situation. Because I don't even know how the heck he got like her to go to prom with him. Well, they were friends. It was still weird. Sounds like you're just jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Boda, I know you're not going to listen to this, but I still hate you. Low key. <laughs> I'll tell him to listen to this one, just like the first three minutes yeah <laughs> um i actually i so one of my friends she was at, at wvu she was a art major and she worked for the radio station and she did the late night shifts for and just like played the songs did like the djing it was really cool and i went and sat with her for a couple of them and it was dope because like wvu is huge so like the it was an actual radio station it was so sweet I guess that just shows that no one wanted to do the radio station. No, no one wanted to do it at all. (laughs) It's like completely different from my school because, I mean, I went to a smaller school. We had our own radio station as well, but everybody was trying to get involved in my department. That's kind of what they told us. You have to be a big bucket. Like you have to put a lot of things into you, a lot of skills, or else basically you're not going to get anywhere in life. 
That's funny. That's kind of what they told us, and they instilled that in my brain. I, I still think that way, like, to this day. No, nah, like, the, they had art majors doing the radio station, not, like, communications majors or anything like that. Whenever I think of art, I think of, like, painting. She was a photographer. Okay, well, that makes more sense. Uh, still art major. I guess. What do you mean? It, it is. For me, that would have been, like, a comm major. No, she's a photographer. It was art. Well, well, so Waynesburg's a huge school, not a huge school, uh, a huge comm school, communication school. Like, that's a big degree there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. WVU, that's nothing. Like, communications is not a large degree at WVU. Like, we got Ruby Memorial Hospital on campus. Like, a lot of people go there to be doctors and nurses, stuff like that. I didn't realize, I have so many friends that work there, I didn't realize that it was on campus. Ruby. Yeah. Yeah, I could walk to it from my dorm room. Oh, no way. That's crazy. You know, you remember Towers? No. You were there. My dorm. Not oh. my apartment, my oh, dorm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's right up the street from that. Oh, shoot. You can take the PRT to it. There's a there's a hospital stop. So why do you think that comm majors are the same as art majors? Is there a reason? I guess that's every, every college, I guess, just calls it something different. Like, in at my school, that would have been an art major, or no, sorry, a comm major. But, like, an art major at my school would have been, like, theater, oh, just actual like liberal painting. Arts in general. So, you're saying yeah. photography would have been a communications major? Yeah, honestly, we didn't even have a photography major. We had photography classes, but... So, know. at WVU, I tried to take a minor in photography... And I couldn't take a minor in photography until I took three classes, which was nine credits worth of drawing classes. They wouldn't let me take a photography class until I took a bunch of drawing classes. That doesn't make any sense. It was garbage. Well, I mean, that's just colleges just trying to rip you off and they, steal your money anyhow. They were. Because like I told my advisor I wanted a minor in photography. And he was like, okay, let's figure out how to do it. And we looked it up, and I had to take all of these, like, learning how to draw classes first. And he was like, that doesn't make any sense. I don't know why they'd make you do that. Did I ever talk about how I was borderline blacklisted by Slippery Rock University? <laughs> no, is, but I'd love is, to hear it. What is blacklisted? Like, you <laughs> almost kicked out? No, not not almost kicked out. Or like they hated you? Yeah, man. But just because mainly, I mean, universities don't believe the things that I believe. And... I mean, I was obviously not a large part of student government, but I was fairly involved inside of the finance committee, and I was a senator inside of student government. And it's just, I got to see a lot of stuff behind the scenes and talk to a lot of people that were spearheading a lot of the big initiatives on campus and things like that. And there's just, I don't know, there's just dirty, shady stuff that goes on. I mean, that's just... Welcome to the world. Right, right. That's what I was going to say. I mean, that's just politics playing a role inside of society in general. But just I got a firsthand look at like some of the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. And it's just dirty, nasty stuff. And I mean, there's a handful of, like almost everybody that goes to university can graduate early. Almost everybody can graduate early if if you plan it out and stick to your guns. And it might suck, but if you take a couple extra credits and things like that. And it's just hilarious to me and ironic that, and, and this is the sentiment that I shared with, like, management and administration inside of Oh, so of you, like, Slippery actually Rock. took it to... Yeah, yeah. And, and it's something that I wanted to bring awareness to, but I was quickly shut down, is to... The amount of people that can graduate early and the lack of awareness that is being spread on that opportunity for people to save money and save time. That's pieces of your life. And um, something, that, something that I brought up was that student government and a lot of orgs on campus would talk a lot about scholarship opportunities and things like that. And th these scholarship opportunities would be for um, people that didn't have good opportunities to go to school and it had a tight budget going into school and had a tough time paying for a semester, underprivileged students. Mm -hmm. 
And these were like $250, $500 scholarships. Like, I mean, okay, every little bit helps, but like pennies in the grand scheme of things, that's a drop in the bucket. Yeah. And we would plaster that all over social media and posters on campus and, and trying to spread awareness about these $250 scholarships. What is that, man? Yeah. What is it? What's $250 whenever you're going to school? For a hundred yeah, grand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I know every little bit counts and everything, but why are we not bringing just as much awareness to the fact that people can graduate early if they put the time in to graduate early? And why are we not putting all over social medias and posters on campus that, hey, you need to go talk with your academic advisor because maybe you can develop a strategy to, to um, graduate even a semester early. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, Here's how much money this is going to save you. Bing, bang, boom. Here's a bullet list of all the things it's going to save you. Room and board, food, on and on and on. It, it, it could save people thousands, but nobody's talking about that. And that's, and that's what I brought up. Hey, we're talking about saving people thousands and getting people into the workforce and getting started on their life months, if not years early. This could make a big impact in people's lives. Yet we're wanting to, to sprinkle to sprinkle these little tiny scholarships out there, and that's all we want to talk about. That doesn't make an impact. Okay, maybe it does a little bit. I, I don't want to really downplay that. But, like, we're focusing on $250 and then completely discrediting an initiative and a strategy that could save people thousands. But, of course, we don't want to talk about that because then that's less money inside of the pockets of the universities. It's just jacked up, and that's the stuff that I brought up in – People that I was very close with on campus inside of administration and stuff like that, that I talked to on, I mean, a weekly basis. We were fairly close. Wouldn't return any of my phone calls, return any of my texts, emails, anything. Nobody would talk to me anymore. It's just, it's pathetic, man. I mean, you just said it right there. Matt is heated. Yeah, Yeah. he's been trying. He's been waiting to say this till he graduated. We were talking about having an education podcast for a while, and he's like, I can't do it till I graduate. I love talking about the educational system because it is so messed up. And what I was going to say to you, and we already know it, it's just bad business. I mean, where it comes down to it, it's a business and they're there to make money. And I know there's like the ethical side and they're trying to prepare like young individuals to go out into the workforce and help them find a job. But whenever it really comes down to it, I feel like everything has been uh, skewed so much just because of the amount of money that uh, universities and institutions are able to make off of us now mm-hmm. that they don't care as much. And you'll see that a lot more in a bigger university compared to a smaller university. Cause I'll just say like my school that I went to, they were very helpful <laughs> uh, in telling me like, Hey, okay, maybe you want to double major here. We can get this done in four years or, Okay, if you want to graduate early, you can take 18 credits a semester if you would like. Mm-hmm. I mean, that would suck. I never did that. I did it a couple times, but... How many people went to your school, like, total? Whenever I first went there? Yeah, like, yeah. So, a little background. Whenever my class, my freshman class, was the largest to date, and then every year it just kept on getting bigger and bigger. So, it grew by the time I was a senior, but freshman year, I'd say we only had 1,700 Seventeen hundred? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was that small. It was, oh, it's I didn't. A small school. I didn't know it was that small. It's like a high school. That's. Cr- I didn't know it was seventeen hundred. Wow. It, it was cool because coming from a small school, like small high school, yeah, that was a big leap, and it was nice because everybody still knew everybody to an extent. But you, you knew of everyone. Yeah, you didn't actually like know them. Like you knew of everybody, but it's way different from like Slippery Rock. I don't know how many people were there. And then WVU, obviously, there's like 40,000, right? 30. That's why I was going to bring it up. My freshman class was the largest in WVU history. And I think we had almost 15,000, 16,000 in my freshman class. And That's crazy. There was about 32,000 total students enrolled. And it, it's just funny because, like, everyone that I've talked to, even the people that I know that went to Slippery Rock, because what's, what's that student range like? How many kids? I think like 8,000 8, or something like 8, that. 8,000. So the people that I've talked to that went to Slippery Rock, Waynesburg, Geneva, like all of these other schools, everyone tells me that their advisor was really good and that like they were friends with their advisor and that like they helped them a lot with going through classes. My advisor, I love the man to death. His name was uh, Dr. Latuma. 
He was a fantastic dude. I took a lot of his classes, loved him as a teacher. He was the worst academic advisor in the entire world. He didn't know how to help me and he did not care to help me. Mm-hmm. He, I would ask him questions and he'd be like, I don't know, you gotta go ask someone else. I'm like, you're the dude. Like I'm supposed to be asking you. And so I think that was one of the major reasons why I ended up leaving. I was doing it by myself. I didn't have any, I didn't have an academic advisor. I got there my first week. I made a meeting with him and he was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Just take your classes that you're supposed to take. And I'm like, well, what classes am I supposed to take? He was like, you don't know that? I'm like, no, I'm a freshman first week of school in a school of 32,000 kids. I don't even know where the bathroom is 95% of the time. Like, what do you, and he did not help me whatsoever. And like, like I said, with the photography thing, we figured out that I had to take these drawing classes beforehand. And he was so invested in helping me at first. He was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And then when he found out that I would have to take these other classes, he just shut down and he was like, ah, it's not worth it. Let's not, let's not even worry about it. And he didn't try to figure out any other paths or anything like that. He just did not help me whatsoever. And I know other kids at WVU that have that same problem because the, I don't know if it's like that at your schools, but the academic advisors there are just teachers that they shove students at. Mm -hmm. And so like the teachers are like, I know how to teach my subject. I don't know what the hell I'm supposed to be doing with these kids. Mm -hmm. And so like, they don't care because they, they, they got their paycheck. They they got all that. This is just another thing the school threw at them. They're like, I don't, I don't want to help these kids. When in reality, a school of that size that makes me pay that much money, you should have people that are, that is their job. They are academic advisors and they help you get pushed through school. Yes. And that's the next thing. It is a side job of the professors. It's awful. That that are given this job and they're not passionate about it. They don't care about it. And because of that reason, how many people do you hear like, oh, I thought you were supposed to graduate. Yeah, I got to go one more semester. But I mean, this semester I'm only taking two classes. Yeah. That could have easily been avoided if you actually had an advisor that gave a damn about your schedule. And my advisor didn't give a damn. And I took, I ended up taking my last two semesters, took 18 credits the first one, took 20 credits the next one. I didn't even think that that that's possible. Like for my school, there was a credit cap. There was a credit cap, but we could, we could talk to people and get it changed. I had a friend who took 23 credits in a semester and he was, I didn't see him the whole semester except for in class, but he pushed through. I think he graduated in like two and a half years, Jeez. but I took 20 credits the one semester and it killed me. And I, I said to the dude, I was like, I can't do that. And he's like, well, why'd you do that? Like, cause you didn't help me. Like, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to do that. I didn't realize how many credits, 20 credits was. I know people that have went to their advisor just getting started. Um, and their advisor told them there, there's no way that you can graduate early. There's no way we're going to have to go four years, blah, blah, blah. And they sat down on their own and wrote out all of the classes that they needed to take on note cards and put them together themselves and organized their schedule for the entire four years and now they're and now they're graduating in three and the advisor told them that there was no absolutely no possible way that they could ever do it and now they're doing it so why if that is an option and that is feasible why is that not talked about to every single student that comes into the facility that's a big deal that's a year of your life yeah and who knows how many thousands of of dollars i think it's partially the the that it's pushed off on teachers so, like, the teachers don't have all of the knowledge, and they could be getting more money. Uh-huh. I, th- I think it's both of those things where it's like, if you have people that are set to be academic advisors, they know how the whole system works. My, Dr. Latuma, he's a bird doctor. He literally sits and watches birds and gets paid for it. You, that guy doesn't know Jack Diddley about my finances. <laughs> he watches birds. I'm not, like, he is a doctor in birds. He doesn't doctor birds. He just has a doctorate in knowing what birds are. <laughs> Do you want a bird watcher telling you your finances? No. Yeah. You, you want a, someone that knows what the heck's going on. And like, like I said, love the man. He was an amazing bird teacher. But he's not an academic advisor. Yeah. Like you can't, it, it doesn't help. Like if I'm paying that much money to go to school here, I should be able to talk to someone who can actually help me. Yeah. 
You know, you know how they're covering their ass on that though. They, and I, I dug into the student handbook in the fine print inside of the student handbook, and it exclusively says that it is not the responsibility of the academic advisor to put together the schedule of the student. Well, then, what is an academic advisor, and, and why are we putting on a facade of them? arranging your schedule for efficiency. What, why are we putting that facade on? Why do we even have them if it's the responsibility of the student? It's just, and I, I got into it with the, the dean of, of my college and just, I mean, I was, I was up there making a lot of people mad <laughs> because it's jacked up, man. It's so jacked up. I think that that's really good that you did that. And like anybody that would be listening to this now that's younger, like do the research. And if you want to graduate earlier and save the money, you're going to have to put like a lot of time and work into it, mm-hmm. but it's usually possible for most majors. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'll preface this whole conversation with if you ever come to me and you ask me where you should go to college or what you should do, I'm a thousand percent of the time going to tell you to go to community college if you think you actually want to go to community college. Yeah. Because I didn't go to community college and it screwed me royally. Yeah. Like, it just did. Luke didn't go to community college. He went to a full college four years. Matt went to community college and then two years of Slippery Rock. I went to WVU my first year, freshman, 17 years old going into college. 17-year-olds should not be going into college. I was young. Um, it just it, – I didn't end up finishing because it, I was very overwhelming and I didn't know what the heck I was doing and no one tried to help me. But those two years give you a buffer to figure it out on a large scale, and then for your last two in years, community you can college, it down. Yeah. Yeah, 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 inside a community college. That's why I love it so much. I, I suggest it for anyone that doesn't know for an absolute fact where they're headed, and that's kind of what I did. Like, I went, I knew I wanted to be involved in some type of finance or business or something like that. So then I just got my business admin associates at BC three. And that allowed me a little bit of time to figure out exactly what I wanted to do. So then whenever I transferred to SLIP, I decided to go for um, finance. See, I'll even narrow that down even more. Even if you know exactly what you want to do and where you want to go, if it's not a STEM program, STEM is science, technology, engineering, and math. If it is not a STEM program... I genuinely don't think you have to go to a four-year college the first because. Because those programs, they need a lot of help and you need to be in it and you need to be working a lot. But like for Matt with finance, I don't think it would have ever made sense for you to not to go to community college. Oh, yeah, I agree for sure. And and that's that's the case with, I believe that's the case for almost any school. I think Ivy Leagues are a little bit different. Um, But as for like, um, like your, I don't know, just around here, like your Duquesne's and your Pitt's in your RMUs and like places like that. No reason. You're just spending a lot of money for no reason. Yeah. And like, I don't think that's always the case. Um, I think there is something to be said with like your Grove cities and like your Waynesburgs and stuff like that to have like a little bit more um, of like a private education around like getting taught the things you want to get taught being surrounded by that environment. There's something to be said about that. But like it's, I had a friend that went to Slippery Rock, and their professor told them that pe- people are going to laugh at you whenever you tell them you went to Slippery Rock. So you need to sharpen your skill sets in every every place that you can so that you're marketable in the workplace. And it does. as for my industry, and I think that this goes for a lot of industries, nobody cares what your piece of paper says or where it came from. It's different for Ivy Leagues and things like that. But as far as the difference... Uh, where I got started, all of the folks that were in my training classes were from Ohio State, RMU, Duquesne, Pitt, all of these big name schools that paid three times more than I did to go to Slippery Rock were in the exact same position as me. And it's because I worked my tail off to get to where I was. It doesn't matter what your piece of paper says. It has to do with if you're personable, if you can communicate, talk to people, and what you did outside of class because everyone goes to class. Everybody goes to classes. Everybody gets the grade. But, like, what you do outside of those classes and the people that you know and the relationships that you build, that's what will get you where you want to be. It doesn't matter what school you go to, and that drives me nuts more than anything. 
Yeah, I can attest to this because right now. Uh, yeah, prime I example. Yeah. I, I won't say the name, but I'd say like I have a decent job. I'm very proud of it where I work, and you know. You work for I, the enemy. Yeah, we'll just say I work for the enemy. I'm pretty sure. Joke. I'm pretty sure we said where you worked on this podcast before. <laughs> oh well, whatever. <laughs> well, anyways, um, yeah, I have a full time job. I'm 23. I'm making like you know okay money. I'm pretty happy for a first job, and you know what they said to me? They said, "Do you have a four year degree?" I said, "Yes." They said send us your resume I sent my resume they saw what was on my resume they didn't really look at where I came from I mean they looked at what my degree was in a little bit but they saw what was on my resume and the skills you know that I built outside of class or in class on projects and they're like okay we want you so it's just a big thing to what Matt was saying you know you don't have to go to like a Yale or like a state university you don't have to spend that money now, I understand there are things that come with that. I mean, if you're going for an experience, maybe you can afford it, but I know that's not for everybody. I know for me, uh, I picked my school based off of the department was good. It was affordable. I got a lot of scholarships. And honestly, like my first two years probably would be the equivalent to a community college. I know they started like raising tuition as I got older, but those are just all like really important things that, um, you know, uh, perspective you know high school student wanting to go into college should be looking at i i picked my school for the clout it had a lot of clout man burning those couches that so, was kind of so, sick so <laughs> so i'll take what <laughs> i'll take what both of you said a step further when i tell people that i went to wvu they're like whoa whoa that's cool and then I don't even have to get to the part where I say I didn't finish. They're like, oh, shoot, he went to WVU. And then I get to talking to them. And I'm a very personable person. I can talk to you. I can hold a conversation. But it, it they don't care that I even finished. I, like That doesn't even come up in conversation. <laughs> like I, I didn't finish school. I went for two years for a degree that has nothing to do with what we're talking about. But I went to that school. So they're like, whoa. Yeah. And it's like, yes, if you work your tail off, you can get to that high point, but I didn't even do it. And just because I went to the school with the name, people were like, oh, okay. Yeah. And like the thing that I have a job in now, I mean, it's a part-time job. I'm technically a contractor. My parents wouldn't say it's a job, but the thing that I have a job in now. Will they not give you the satisfaction? Do they? <laughs> I don't even, I, I can't. Um, but the job that I have now has nothing to do with what I went to college for. It was what I did as a hobby in high school. Yeah. I, I edit videos and stuff now for a company, but like it was because I could talk to the lady that asked me to do the work. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I did it for free, sent them the final product, and they were like, oh my gosh, we love this. Do you want a job? I didn't even send them a resume. I just did good work, sent it to them, and they were like, this is great. And I talked to them and I pulled their ideas out and I was like okay well this is what you're actually looking at this is how you want to do it and I like laid it out for them and like this is how we can do it and because I was able to speak to them and because I was able to articulate their thoughts they were like oh okay yeah we'll just hire them mm. and so like it <laughs> I don't even think people should go to college 95% of the time I think it's all stupid Mm-hmm. You just get good at something that you can do, mm-hmm. and then someone will hire you. It might not be that perfect job that you want. Someone will hire you. There, there were classes, and um, there were classes in my what would that be, my last year or two of school, that were literally the exact same class. So like my yeah my um, my junior year of college, my first semester in my junior year. I was taking some classes and they were pretty rough. And then I got to my senior year and the classes named something different, but we're doing the exact same problems. Like, I'm not kidding. I was using my notes for my junior year and my senior year. And I think that college is good to give you a good baseline of, of where you're going to be headed whenever you graduate. But as far as that baseline goes, you can only take it so far inside of the, the general principles inside of whatever you're studying. You can only take it so far. And in my opinion, I think that those 
I think that like your first two or three years laid down that foundation and laid down that baseline just fine. But everything in excess of that, I think is really just a waste of time. Now that is, again, that is not for every major. That is not for every career, but like as for some of the basics, like business, Business. finance, um, communication, probably to marketing, things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that like once it gets into like the fourth, fifth year, like they're just ripping you off and stealing your money. Dude, my my major. So I was a biology major technically, because I I did animal biology. No chance in the world you could do that. Mm-hmm. It there were. There were some classes. So the way that they shaped their classes, everything has to do with each other. But they would leave out. Like you take one class and they leave a really big chunk of important information out. And then that next semester, that's another class you have to take. That's how they would do it. But you had to take all of them to get the big picture. Yeah, I got you. But they they did it in a way that screwed you anyway. So (laughs) I don't know. So if you look at our analytics for this podcast, half the people that listen to this are like age 22 to 28 or something like that uh-huh. so like half the people that are listening to this are already out or something like that but if there is anyone listening to this go to community college first well i think it's important to at least just reflect on on our experiences that way um our hindsight can be used as others foresight yes absolutely learn from my mistakes i'm in debt <laughs> so much debt well the bottom line is if you want to stand out and you want to work hard, it's easier it's easier now to stand out than ever because there are very few people that are willing to stand out and actually work hard to actually get to where they want to be in the future. Everybody expects everything to be handed to them. I know that's a boomer thing to say, but like it's it's the truth and I mean I've seen it inside of my group projects and things like that and it's one of the biggest reasons why like I kind of branched out on my own. I wanted to do my own thing and and run my own practice because I was in group projects and, and I was in activities with my classmates and I said, I never want to be in a position for the rest of my life where I get paid the same or I get the same grade based on doing more work than other people that are a part of the same project as me. And that's kind of what we're running into. And if, if you want to stand out, all you have to do is put in a little bit of effort and you're going to rise to the top immediately because the, the the amount of people that are willing to embrace the suck for that little period of time and take one step further than everybody else is and work one more hour on the project and, and tweak and perfect things to make it a little bit better are so little that whenever you put that little bit of extra effort in nowadays, you stand out and everyone's like, wow, this person's awesome. They're really killing it. Well, no, it's just the fact that I'm willing to do that little bit of suck that nobody else is willing to do because as soon as they get uncomfortable, we quit or we flop. <laughs> so, you know, like an analogy for that, which both of you should understand because you've edited videos before. You know, when you're like editing a video and there's just that one. Yeah, I know where you're going there with is, There's that <laughs> one clip that is just like right off beat. And you're like, but I need the full three seconds, even though I need the full three second clip because that gives you the context and everything. But the song beat only goes to 2.8 seconds. You're like, how? And then you sometimes you're just like, it'll be fine. No one will notice. Yeah. And then you're you're sitting there and you're doing it and you're like, I have to fix it. Yeah. You're like, I and then when you fix it, it fits perfectly. And you're like, oh, yes, it's so good. It's the same exact thing with life. Yeah, that little tiny like, uh, let me just go back and re-edit the first five clips before this clip so that this will fit in the correct beat. That is annoying. Nobody wants to do it, but you do it, and then your whole video looks so much better. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to say something. Uh, just going off what you said, Matt, about people thinking that they just deserve everything. Um, so in my workplace. I work with some pretty young people all around, you know, my age up to like 35. I I would say that that's a pretty young like group to work with, right? Yeah. And um, people just expect that they deserve a certain amount of money or they expect that they deserve this. I'm thinking in my head and I haven't said it yet, but I'm sure I will soon. 
It's like, you don't deserve anything. Yeah. Like, why do you think you deserve this? You think you deserved it because you went to four years of school and you have a piece of paper? Like, even then, you don't deserve this. You still have to work hard and, like, not complain. Yeah. And I also want to say uh, maybe if there's anybody young out there, like you said, maybe there is, maybe there isn't. College all, also, like, isn't always the way to go, you know, for certain people. Trade I school. Trade school or – sometimes, like, no school. And I know our uh, society really, really pushes school – but to start up your own business, I mean, I know people who are very, very young and are business owners, and they're flourishing, like, insanely. If you put in that extra work, you know, that Matt was talking about, to learn a skill, to learn something, and you start your own business, most likely it's going to work out. I, I will say, nowadays, there is nothing that you cannot learn on the Internet. Yeah. Agreed. I have no idea what I'm doing under the hood of a car. I learned how to fix a car. And, like, that seems very complicated to people. Like, when you look at an engine, it's kind of scary. It's daunting. But my AC didn't work in my truck. And I was like, I need to fix this AC. If I take it to the dude, it's going to cost upwards of $800. And then I looked it up on the internet and I was like, I could do that. And I fixed it. It's fine. The, the, the AC works. Like, there's nothing that you can't learn on the internet nowadays. Like, if you want to sit down and you want to learn a skill, someone has posted that skill online. There are actually like websites for it that give you subscriptions, like Skillshare and stuff like that. But YouTube, you don't want to pay for a Skillshare because who the heck wants to pay for that? YouTube. There is everything you need to know on YouTube. My job, where I edit videos, they asked me to animate a 3D character. <laughs> I have no idea how to animate a 3D character. And I told the lady that. I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I've never done this before. She was like, it's okay. You'll figure it out. I was like, all right. And I learned from YouTube. And now I have a working 3D character that has moving arms and legs and eyeballs and a mouth that moves and talks. Like, it's cool. But it, you can learn everything on YouTube. I want to plug this one Instagram that I follow. I think it is so cool. It's literally called Wealth. If you look up at symbol Wealth. They post uh, pictures with basically kind of like motivational things that have to do with uh, business and working hard. And I think it's the coolest thing because on my Instagram feed, you know, it's all different how Instagram works now. It's not like what was posted most recent. I hate that. Yeah, it's weird. But I see these posts all the time. And a lot of it's saying, you know, you don't have to tell people what you are doing. You know, if you're working hard, it's going to pay off. If you put in that extra like hour every night eventually it's going to pay off a lot of it's saying you know work your nine to five and then work your business like six to ten just like so many little things for people especially like kids now we're literally brainwashed and told that we need to go to school yeah and i get like some jobs you need to go to school if you want to be a doctor you need to go to school absolutely if you want to do what matt's doing you need to go to school if you want to be but, a teacher kind of got to go to school right but you don't have to go to school for everything. No. And I just, I hate that our society has just molded our way of thinking. And I believe that over the course of like these past 20 years of like our lives, like say 20 years ago before that, it was easy. You go to school, you come out, you have that piece of paper, you get a job. Mm -hmm. It was easy. It's not easy now. You know, we're not guaranteed these jobs. Yeah, so that piece of paper does not guarantee a job anymore. Right. So putting in that like, extra little bit of work that you can show on your resume or maybe whatever your portfolio is is going to go a long way it is going to get you the job over the other person and i feel like that isn't really you know brought to light as much as just you know go to school you know four years spend that money do that you'll get a job for sure no way so my mom she hired an intern not too long ago and this intern had the best resume in the world he did all this like like he was a president of like an inclusivity club at his school and like just all the i don't know what it was it was like for different ethnicities and races and all that crap like he was the president of it and he did that and he like all of these different clubs he was a part of he had amazing grades like his resume was the best resume you would ever see 
he got in and started working and he was the worst he just he sucked he didn't do the work he back talked my mom who was his boss and like i bet that went well oh it did not you know my mom <laughs> yeah. it did not go well you you try and make my mom feel stupid it doesn't go well for anyone backfires 100%. oh it's so bad my mom is the queen of making you look stupid so he, he towards the end of his internship start like not once did he ask my mom for work to do the whole time towards the end he started asking for work and my mom was like you've been here for five months i'm not giving you anything to do and then once his internship ended he expected a job mm. and my mom literally went to him and was like no you are not getting hired here you didn't do anything the whole time you were here so like just because your resume looks real good because you went to a good he went to wvu just because your resume looks real good because you went to a good school because you got like did all these clubs and stuff if you're a jack wagon doesn't mean you're not getting job you find people like my mom in the real world she'll make you look stupid and it like it, you have to actually put in work and I, like that's hypocritical because i'm the laziest person on this planet but it, it, you're not going to succeed if you don't try and that, that's kind of where it comes into this podcast with me this is sometimes it's a hassle sometimes getting people together to record this podcast is very difficult and sometimes we don't feel like doing it so like there was one day where i just was down in the dumps i was super tired just wasn't feeling it we got here we did the podcast it was one of my favorite episodes ever and i genuinely feel like this is a door to go somewhere like that, that if we keep putting effort into this something will come of it mm -hmm. May, might not be what we think is going to come of it but something will come of it and it's going to be good for us because we're putting an effort and we're trying mm -hmm. so I, I i think that is just for the, all of life you got to put in that little bit more but i had something else i wanted to say oh on top of everything that we've been saying something that's been very adamant in my life recently has been tithing and how god blesses a tithe mm -hmm. and i think that it's a very important thing i think that giving the first of your increase to god is something that we don't think about in this day and age a lot because we're very money hungry people and i think god put that in place so that he could bless you so that the first of what the first of your increase goes to god and i don't know why that it's, it's it keeps popping up in my life and it's something that like my i keep thinking about so i have to because like my whole life tithing in my brain because i've never had any money i'm a poor poor soul but so my whole outlook on tithe was if i give my time to the church because i don't have any money that is my tithe and I still think that's true, but I also think that explicitly tithe does talk about money. I think that there is a certain amount that you, you are supposed to give. And the, the I, I listened to a sermon about it where he was talking about like the actual laws behind tithing. And it was lambs and donkeys or, or mules or whatever. And it was for every newborn lamb if you intend on keeping it you must sacrifice the first of the increase to god so for every time that your sheep births the first one has to be sacrificed and if you have a donkey then you have to sacrifice a lamb for the donkey if you intend on using it because a lamb was clean and a donkey was unclean and it was saying that you have to sac for if you want to keep the donkey and you want to use it to do work in the field and stuff like that you must sacrifice the first of the clean to keep the unclean and then he tied that back into jesus dying for us we are the donkeys and 
Jesus was sacrificed as the first on the first clean for us or uh, we are unclean and he just kept talking about the tithe and how that first of the increase keeps going to God and I don't know why but that has been sticking with me and I feel like it kind of tied into what we were talking about where where if you work hard enough you'll get there but I think a, a big part of that is being blessed by God where yes anyone on the entire planet satan worshiper or a christian they can become successful if they work hard enough it sure but if you want to live your life according to god and you want to live that way you got to kind of follow the rules and one of the rules is the first of your increase goes to god and I just feel like that's a very important thing that we, maybe not everyone, but me, I look over it. But I feel like that is definitely a pathway to unlocking blessings. And I've kind of blindsided myself to that pathway, I guess. My church uh, preaches that extensively. And I know a lot of people can say like oh that comes off wrong in a service like oh this church is very just money grabbing but i love the way that my pastor says it and he basically says it exactly how you explained it jay in that you're not giving you know we're not just wanting money out of you like we're trying to help you receive uh the blessings of the lord and um even for people that maybe aren't christians you know they don't have a church to tithe to if you look at like anyone who has a lot of money they're giving a lot of money away you know they're helping people they're donating to charities and i truly believe that god is still blessing those people you know because they're putting money in a good area to help another person now i know that might not be going like straight to the church but they're still doing good with their money and i i literally mm-hmm. believe that the lord is still blessing those people and you know hopefully a lot of those people come to the lord with whatever seed is you know planted in their lives so something i didn't tell matt yet is you know Morgan, our friend Morgan. She texted me the other day and she said, "Hey, I uh I have a women's group and we're doing all these things and we're like getting in con- in contact with a charity and we want to like start our own podcast and stuff and it's it's kind of becoming a cool thing. Uh would you and your guys in your podcast and stuff like to become a part of that with us and like help us out?" And I was like, "Absolutely. That sounds really cool." So I like that already automatically that i feel like is a door that is being opened for us where if she has a women's group going on where they're helping people and they're helping other women in the area we have a little bit of an audience that we could say hey this stuff's going on you want to come out to this event and help us raise money for this charity and i don't know any details about it yet because we're still like talking about it but like that is a is some a way that we could use this podcast to help other people Mm-hmm. where we've already had someone reach out and be like, hey, I have this thing going on. I would love for you and your group to come help us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so sweet. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's just a brand. What we're doing is just a brand. And it's it's our, it's the brand of our friend group, whatever you want to call it, Calming Chaos or, or what. Um, it's the brand of our group and what we believe and what our values are and what our character is. And... <clears throat> I mean, I, I feel confident and I feel, um, I feel proud of what I believe in the things that I hold close to me. And that's kind of what I like doing. Um, and the, the reason that I continue to put my face into the mic every other week or every week is just because I'm proud of the things that I'm proud of. And I want to share the things that I believe in because it's a pretty large piece of my life. Um, and if I can share that with some other people and, to help them to help them not even just I'm not saying everybody needs to be like me but some of the things that that I believe in mold and impact my life in really awesome ways and if there's ways to help other people maybe incorporate some of those things that I believe into their lives to help them achieve the same levels of freedom that's something I'm all about sharing and I think hopefully I think, that doesn't sound conceited but like, no um I, that's what we built this on. Thomas's initial thought was, I want to create a community that gets together and does things. 
and like helps people. And that's what we're starting to get into. We're, we're, we're building a community and eventually that might become, Hey, we're going to this 5k. They wanted us to come and just kind of orchestrate the event, help them out. If anyone's listening and wants to come do it, Hey, come do it with us. It'll be a good time. There'll be like all this stuff. Like, the coolest thing ever in my brain would be we get invited to an event as the common chaos boys or like our friend group and they're like hey come to this event and we can go on the podcast and be like hey this event is happening come show up help support this this charity or whatever because it's like a good like whatever i think that'd be the coolest thing in the world if because we're we're building a community that's what we're trying to do and that's what our initial thought was with this I hope that it doesn't come across as us seeking fame because I feel like from the outside that is what a lot of this sounds like. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I think a lot more of it is um, just, well, for one, and the main the main piece of why I continue to come on every week would be um, just general accountability inside of our group. And I use this as a method of church in holding ourselves accountable to continue to study and learn and grow. So that would be number one. But number two would be um, a similar sentiment that you just shared. Getting some of this information and getting some of these things that nobody talks about into the universe <laughs> yeah. is something else that I think is important. Some of the pieces that I mean we shared early on in our conversation here just around school society culture in general i think is really important some of the stuff that people don't really talk about and if there's ways that, that we can develop a community to bring awareness to some of those things that can make a pretty big impact inside of people's lives i'm all about it i think uh obviously from being on the outside not the outside because we're all friends but you know i'm not a uh starter of you know this podcast you know like being on the outside of the podcast and being a guest uh speaker I think the people that know you obviously know that like you guys aren't looking for fame and there's always going to be, you know, the haters out there just with everything you do. And like, there's always going to be a hater and saying, Oh, they're only doing that. Cause you know, they want people to listen to them talk or blah, 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 whatever it Which is. It's partially true. I'm a very conceited person, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think if someone listened to this, uh, sincerely, I feel like they could tell, um, you know, what you guys are about and just what you know the podcast stands for and helping people and just you know being here to like grow together as you said like this is um somewhat kind of like your church you know aside from normal church you know just coming through and um being accountable with each other so i think just from the outside i don't i never looked at it as you guys you know wanting fame or anything just so you know, coming I, from me. I also think if I wanted fame, I wouldn't be on here preaching. A hundred percent. But you you know what? There is a big like avenue to become famous in the Christian culture, and a lot of people are taking that route. Really? Yeah. Christian I mean, it, clout. It, yeah, it, it kind of is Christian clout. I mean, if you look... Um, it's a club. I think a lot of people see it as a club. It's a I think, cult. I think that's one of the big problems <laughs> is it's not people focus less on spirituality and more on acceptance. Mm -hmm. And it's like a place for me to go with my friends. You know? That's what I'm trying to get away from inside of the church and why I, I, like, I share my sentiment around ministry and yeah. outreach and stuff. I also like how we talk about things that people don't talk about in church. Yeah. We talk about those weird, obscure things in the Bible. Right. Like the, the whole thing of that what our Bible study right now is literally like three months ago. Matt went, why did God kill kids? I'm going to read Genesis. <laughs> and so now we're going through a Bible study, figuring out who God is and why he did the things that he did. So I like it. The things that we talk about kind of also are a testament to that. Like I'm not trying to please everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to answer questions with my friends. That's a good point. There's a book, and I feel really bad that I don't know the exact name, but uh, one of my really good friends and you know a friend of our friend group, his name's Jake Bogazic. He told me about it. It's basically a book talking about uh, basically in the Old Testament, God is kind of like a god of war. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of death, a lot of killing. He says, go wipe out this group of people. They're a disgrace, even though they're his own creation. 
And then the New Testament, you know, God is like a God of mercy, you know, salvation. You know, Jesus came, died on the cross. And I will ask him what the name of that book is because I told him that I have been getting into reading and he sent me like a whole list of books. And I think that would be a really cool one, especially for you guys to read since Mm -hmm. Cause I didn't even know why you wanted to start the Bible study and why you're going through Exodus. But like that would bring a lot of clarity, um, you know, on why God yep. did what he did and why people believe that. I actually have a lot of opinions and thoughts on that. I'm not going to share them all now cause we don't have time, but I, I do think that it's kind of funny that the whole really digging into Genesis and Exodus and like the whole, Bible study side of it started from Matt going, why did the Passover happen? Why are all these children dead? That's gruesome. It is. Regardless, I think that if nothing else, um, our brand should be around um, being genuine. Because I think in all honesty, that's, um, that is attractive to audiences. And I think that makes conversations sticky. And what I mean by that is people want to continue to come back to listen. Um, and if they know that it's something you're genuinely passionate about, people are typically more opt to listen. And I think that um, that can be said for not just um, not just what we do, but for anyone that's big on YouTube or any type of platform like they are who they are and you think about like some of these like big youtubers and stuff like some of the guys that like i watch they're just entertaining like i don't know like danny duncan and like those kinds of guys that are just like funny like they are who they are and like steve will do it is another one like they don't care what people think about them they are who they are and i think the reason that that's what makes them attractive yes because everybody else on every other social media platform just wants to conform and be accepted mm-hmm. and only show like the good parts of their lives. So whenever someone's actually real, it's like, Hey, wow, that's kind of cool. You get to, you get to know somebody on a more personal level and you're more like attracted to their content. If you know, it's actually coming from them and they're not just molding it to try to get views and impress people. That right there is the only reason anyone watches Jake Paul box <laughs> right? because all of these kids grew up with him and they feel like they know him to an extent because they watched all the drama they watched all the bad stuff happen they watched all the good stuff happen and now he's boxing and so he's this like figurehead where people like know a lot about him so they like they want to watch him fight and like that that's what's unattractive to a lot of people about the ufc and stuff like that these guys a lot of these guys don't even like have social media don't use that kind of stuff so like you don't even know who these dudes are fighting but you're just watching two dudes beat the crap out of each other I liked how you mentioned brand and like the brand that you're trying to mold uh, with this podcast and how you brought up those YouTubers and just how genuine um, at least they seem on their videos and how genuine, you know, you guys are in your podcast. I think a big thing is like whenever you're genuine, it becomes controversial and like things that are said on this podcast, obviously some of them are bad. (laughs) No, no, not bad, but they're controversial. Like yeah, people, that's what I meant, yeah. yeah, people aren't gonna agree with it. But I think, like you said, that's just a testament to being genuine. People aren't always gonna agree, mm-hmm. but if you stand on a point and you speak about it and you're genu- genuine about it, people want to know why. A lot of people in our society are so scared, especially our gener our generation. What are we like Gen X, like kind of Gen Z, whatever? Are we millennials? We're not millennials. Oh. I looked that up. You're not. Ninety-six is the cutoff for a millennial, and I'm ninety-seven, oh. and you're ninety-nine. Yeah. You're ninety-eight. Ninety-nine. Oh, you're ninety-nine. He's okay. Only, he's only like a month older than me. Don't let him. Don't let him. Don't let him lie. <laughs> but right, people. I mean, are so afraid to talk about how they feel, um, what they think, to a certain extent. I would say the people that are on the opposite side of like our culture are afraid. Mm-hmm. to talk about what they think and that's just because cancel culture is growing so much and i know i just went off on a little bit of a tangent but I'm okay with it basically to round it out is being genuine is okay and you know i just encourage anybody listening just to be more genuine just be yourself you know you don't have to conform to what your friends are doing or what your friends say how they think to be cool you know being yourself is cool 
and that just comes it, it comes out in the end it really does mm-hmm. so I just, I just opened my phone and like the verse of the day from the bible app just popped up <laughs> and it's john 15 4 abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except except it abide in the vine no more can ye except ye abide in me so like to me that's saying as long as you are giving this podcast to me god i'll I'll bear your fruit don't worry about it yeah i thought that was kind of cool i don't know Hmm. i love the verse of the day it's fire it's a good verse a lot of my bible reading is based off the verse of the day i read it and i'm like okay what's the context of that i open up the whole chapter i'll read the chapter yeah that's a good way to do it actually Hmm. Um. Uh, we're we're at an hour. You wrap it up. Uh, this is not what the episode was going to be. We we were actually going to go over Exodus one through ten and talk about all that. But as soon as Luke started talking, we went off on a tangent well, about. I think sco- I think it's kind of my fault Matt, because I can't stand the state-run university. Matt, Matt got heated about school, and we started talking about that, and then it turned into all that it turned into. But I actually liked it. I think it kind of like put our heart out there, kind of showed what we're trying to be and what we're trying to do. But um, I guess I will say, if you are listening to this and you are a part of an organization that would love to come on the podcast and talk about something or like that you're passionate about or something that like aligns with our values or want us to or tell doesn't people. align with our values yeah or doesn't because we also like having those conversations because we have a couple like uh thomas your brother's roommate Luke. oh yeah 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 we we want to get him on here and talk about being a jehovah's witness he's not i don't think he is anymore right no he's not anymore but he was raised a jehovah's witness um all of his life until the age of whatever i think he was 24 whenever he uh basically started looking things up for himself you know kind of creating his own opinion because the way that that religion works is that they kind of mold your head and you don't even get to have your own opinion and they don't want you to even research a lot of the things that is being taught (laughs) wow yeah we gotta get him on solid um yeah but like like one we want to have those conversations so please if you do have differing opinions or you want to us to talk about something maybe you could come on and talk about it like i don't know but if you have anything like that and you think it would be kind of cool to get us on the podcast like involved with whatever you're doing let us know because i'm kind of interested kind of excited about that stuff i'm I'm excited what we could do with this um does anyone else have any last remarks or words yeah i just want to say one thing um i appreciate you guys having me on uh i came here not expecting to do this at all like we said we we uh gathered together for a bible study and we were gonna go over exodus and i didn't even read it so i'm kind of glad we didn't talk about it because i like to know or have some background about what i'm talking about but um i think a lot of people who listen to this are going to see like the genuine genuineness of you guys hearts and how you know, you're just willing to serve other people. So just backpacking off what Jaden said, yeah, reach out to them. I know they're really willing to help anybody in anything, you know, whether it's podcast related or not. If you just need somebody to talk to, um, I know these guys are really good. So please do that. Actually, there was something that I wanted to say earlier. You talked about how this podcast helps us hold each other accountable. And we always say that. And I, it never actually like became apparent to me till the other day. And I said something and you were like, well, how can we do this if we're not doing this? And you held me accountable and you changed my whole mind on it. I was like, you're right. I'm being a hypocrite and I'm wrong right here. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I really do love that aspect of it too, where I'm having these conversations and posting them on the internet for the world to hear. That is also a level of holding myself accountable. Right. Where... I'm I'm telling you guys what I think about things. I could be wrong, I could be right, but I'm holding myself accountable to an extent. Like if if I'm wrong, these guys are either going to call me out or someone's online's going to call me out. And I'm here for it. I'm here to be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I don't know. I that, I just had that thought that popped back into my head. Well, Matthew talks about um taking the plank 
out of your own eye before you take the speck out of your brother's. Other way around. No, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, And I think that's exactly what you're alluding to. Yeah. Inside of just keeping each other accountable. And that's, uh, I think that's, uh, you pretty much summed it up. There's not much I can do to compliment. (laughs) (laughs) Spiritual judgment. That could be a whole nother podcast that I would either love you guys to talk about and I would listen, or I'd love to be a part of because there are so many judgmental people. And that is like my biggest pet peeve in the world. Sounds like you're going to be on it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, so this has been the Common Chaos Podcast, episode 34. Um, look us up on Instagram, uh, the Calm in Chaos Project, period, between all of those words. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>